Hello, and welcome to the Riverdale Recap Podcast. Today we'll be talking about the fifth episode of Riverdale Season 3. Oh my gosh, six weeks. It's It's been a while. This episode, The Great Escape, was... Eh, I, I'm trying to decide if it was my least favorite episode so far, but then I remembered there was that whole episode that was just Veronica visiting Archie in prison like 18 times. So... I don't know. It's it's definitely, it was a little bit of a step back from last week with, just in terms of how fun this one was. Well, see, okay, here's the thing. Was this a good episode? No. But it might have been my favorite episode, just because there were just so many absurd moments, and it was so wild. And I was like, yeah, I can get behind this. And also, Creepy Warden is gone, so what's not to like? Right. Good conclusion. <laughs> To a otherwise sort of messy episode, I I think this episode sort of gave me clarity on where they're going with this whole prison plot, because my whole thought for most of this was, you can't just escape from prison and then expect, expect everything to be fine. He's still convicted. <laughs> he can't go, it's not like, oh, I'm out of prison, <laughs> therefore I'm just going to go back to school, everything's going to be well, fine. Well, and I was really worried that that's where they were going. Oh, Archie's just going to stroll into Riverdale High afterwards, but it does seem that they are being at least slightly realistic. Right. And and this whole episode mostly just brought up, like, the reasons why this is going to resolve itself. We found out some hard evidence against Hiram Lodge for his involvement. Um, well, I don't know if evidence is the right word, but we got confirmation. I have a question about that, though. Okay. So already two minutes in. If this no, but this is like a real life question. Okay, so if whatever the warden telling about the payout gets Archie off of the murder, is escaping from prison a crime? Could he still be in trouble for escaping from prison? Uh, That's tricky. I mean, he's escaping from somewhere where he was falsely convicted. So Uh, I I don't know. In terms of Riverdale. I don't know. I mean, the thing is, I this Fight Club thing is probably going to come out, and it's going to be common knowledge for the rest of everybody. I mean, now that now that the mayor knows, you know, now that Hermione knows, it's going to get a little more tricky. But anyway, look, I've realized we haven't even really introduced ourselves. I just dove dove right into this episode, but you know, like if you who's going to just start listening in the fifth episode of the season? You know what? I don't know anyone who is starting at this point. Hi, this is Kowski Cat. <laughs> Hi, yes, I'm Mary Kukowski, and this is Kirsten McKinnis. There we go. Look, we've 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 introduced ourselves. Go back and listen to the other episodes if you want a more formal introduction. I was just excited to get talking no, because this episode was it. so weird. I felt like we are like my favorite murder, where we're just gonna start talking, and then 20 minutes later, we're like, oh, by the way, this is a podcast. <laughs> Well, so the issue with talking about a show like Riverdale is that some shows take, like, Boy Meets World. I don't know why that's the example that I thought of. It's pretty much, here's the plot that's happening. Maybe at most you'll have two plots going on and they'll bounce back and forth between the two. Riverdale has, like, five plots going on at any one time and they're bouncing all around between those five plots or like last episode the whole thing is just one story being told all the characters are together and that's pretty much it this episode decided to just mess with us where they bounce around for the first half and then the second half is pretty much just one story happening so in two ways (laughs) right exactly so i felt like i needed to dive in just because we got a lot of ground to cover here I, you know what? If Riverdale is going to mess with us, then we need to mess with the Riverdale fans. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, so we have, uh, we have the Jughead voiceover at the beginning again, but it's, it's, it's yet again this Jughead voiceover while Archie is in the prison yard, except the, the, the voiceover has now become even more meta because he's not writing a book anymore. He's just being a dungeon master. What are they called? Game master, I guess. Which is not as cool. I mean, you could have at least come up with something a little better than just game master. I don't... I'm not... I can't talk about that anymore because I was so rude But the last time we talked about Dungeons and Dragons. Um, I don't... 
it all just doesn't make sense. Like for him to be like, okay, he's the game master. He's making everything up. And then the way it all comes together at the end, it's like, well, he clearly didn't make any of it. Uh, I don't know. I just Yeah. There's definitely a lot we're going to have to talk about of what what is made up, what was already pre-planned, what was something built into the game of, of uh, griffins and gargoyles, and what was something that is more magical. So we'll get to that. But but we have Betty. This The beginning of the episode with Jughead is pretty much where the last episode left off. We even get a couple of the same sentences. Betty comes in, is shocked that Jughead and all the little serpent friends are playing griffins and gargoyles. He seems a little bit crazy. I she, more than a little bit crazy. Yeah, more than a little. She explains to him everything her mom told her. And Jughead's like, oh, it's totally, totally cool. You don't get it. I'm above the game. I'm going to figure it all out. He thinks that Riverdale is a analogy or a, I think he says analog, an analog to this, the game and the, the land that this game takes place in, which is Elder Elderware, which is an anagram for Riverdale. So... Already we're getting we're getting into it. Well, and I was both concerned about Jughead, but also very relieved. Um, so I was concerned because he's acting just ridiculous. But I was so relieved because last week we were talking about it. We were like, uh, is Jughead going to be okay? Like, what's going on here? Is he fully in the game? What's happening? But he at least is like, I don't know, playing the game with the aim of taking it down from within, I guess. Yeah, I, I I do think he still is trying to defeat the Gargoyle King. Unlike Dilton and Ben and Ethel, he seems to be, he doesn't seem to be a follower of the Gargoyle King or anything like that. He seems to be still trying to stop it, but he's definitely going for a, an approach of let's let's get all the way in and that's how we can defeat him. We can't defeat him by just you know, playing detective outside this game. Well, and what? why do these people keep trying to take the game into the world? Like, the serpents being like, we're going to take it real life. I'm like, Ex- excuse me. What are I you don't doing? even really know what that means. I mean, that's literally just playing in the woods, right? It's just saying, like, oh, instead of, instead of talking, like, we're going to go trek through the jungle, we're actually going to do it. I don't know. Yeah, it, but they want to take real to weapons. Like, what are they doing? they're they're all a little bit a little bit mad here i think i can't i can't handle it i don't know so he wants to become the best game master in order to beat the gargoyle king and understand his psychology uh and and betty's like nah man i just want to i just want to interview the nine suspects that i got here so she's still full out i think on on the whole game in general. And I love that. I love that she didn't get so caught up in being like worried about Jughead that she's like, oh no, you can't do this. She's like, you know what? I don't have time for this. I got to go get stuff done and I'm going to go and do it now. Goodbye. Like hit me up when you're back in the real world. Yeah. And we can talk. Once you've had some sleep, the bags <laughs> under your eyes are gone. When you can look at me with like a normal sized view, then you can come back and we'll be fine. But like this is not happening. Yeah. And and like you said, all of the other serpents that he's playing with seem to be just completely wrapped up in this game. Sweet Pea and Fangs are like shooting off Cheryl's arrows and they want to, yeah, they want to take it to the real world. But Jughead gets a little power crazy and, you know, being being the Serpent King isn't enough already. He needs to also be this game master. And he's like, here, look, I can I can let Cheryl shoot and shoot a can off my head. I don't know what point he was trying to prove there, well, but... and everybody already knows Cheryl is, like, a crack shot. So, I like, yeah, of course Cheryl can hit the can and not hit, hit you. No, like, you've proved but nothing. But even, even after she did it, Fangs was still too scared to go do it, too. Or whoever it was, Fangs or Sweet Pea. Honestly, they're a pair. They don't have leadership skills, I guess. So that's the problem. Yeah. And, and then Jughead and his dad have a little moment where he's, you know, FP's like, that's just Alice's side of the story. I'm going to tell mine. And I almost, because at that point we were only like eight minutes into the episode. I was so hyped for another flashback episode. I thought we were just going to do that whole episode again. But like from FP's point of view, would have been great. We watched the it, preview. We knew it wasn't happening. <laughs> well, I would have still enjoyed it. Okay. I think they could have done it for at least a little bit. I would have really liked to have heard FP's point of view on the whole situation. 
It, I think it would have been fun because I really want to know. I mean, I'm not sure if Jughead has been told yet. It's it's sometimes it's hard because it's like you get these confirmation things. Like we have we have confirmed Alice and FP had a child. His name was Charles, but we haven't had any like big reactions from either Betty or Jughead of like, wow, our parents were together. That's weird. They may even be together now. We haven't had that. Uh, and I don't think we're going to at this point since it's been so far removed. But I don't even know if Jughead knows that stuff. I I don't know if Jughead knows. But if he does, I think that himself and, and Betty, Jughead and Betty, they are uh, they're taking the really healthy approach of denial and just pretending that it doesn't exist because it's horrifying. Well, my prediction here is this is all going to come out eventually, but it's going to come back into the conversation when when uh, Mrs. F.P. Jones eventually shows up into the show. So that pretty much wraps up the Jughead plotline until we connect back with everyone. So let's divert from there and talk about the Archie stuff pre the actual escape. Well, to to summarize this whole escape, which I... I wrote in exactly three bullet points. Bullet point number one, electric fence has power turned off, supposedly. Bullet point number two, Joaquin trips and the guards start shooting at everyone. And then bullet point three, it was a pretty bad plan. How did I miss that? Like, I was watching the episode. I was just like also answering emails at work. And I don't know what I could have possibly been doing at work that was more exciting than them turning the power off to the electric fence or the guards shooting. I didn't see it. The first couple seconds. This is all also has Jughead voiceover talking about G&G. And so if you were just listening, you probably wouldn't have caught it. Except Joaquin goes, oh, yeah, baby teeth cut off the power, which I'm thinking. So is baby teeth not escaping? Is he just he just somewhere else cutting off the power and they only have a few seconds. But then Joaquin falls because he ruins everything in this. Yeah, Joaquin is a mess. Like, Southside Serpents, come get your boy. Like, we can't deal with him anymore. Um, So that makes a lot more sense as to why I miss it. I I know I'm a very qualified podcaster about TV when I am not even watching it. Um, I also, did we get a good look at what the warden branded on Archie's hip? So it looks familiar, so I'm I'm guessing it's probably one of the marks we've seen already from the uh yeah from that the Dark like Wild Benjamin King. Button and and D- Dilton yeah carved. it didn't look exactly like the ones they had on their backs but weirdly it also looks like this mark from Supernatural a show that I don't watch but I've seen parodies of so wait I watch okay I'm sorry what was the, I need to look up this thing because I've watched eleven seasons of Supernatural there's some kind of mark I don't know what it's called but. In Supernatural, isn't there something like some kind of demon? Like, is the tattoo that they have on, like, their collarbones? So oh, that maybe. they can't be possessed by demons? I thought it was called, like, the Mark of Cain or something. Am oh, I making this up completely? The Mark of Cain is in in that show. Let me look it up. Mark of Cain. That might be completely not what I'm and thinking And it's, about. like, on, like, someone's arm. This is riveting. People. See. Yes. Definitely. Okay, so I'm looking at a picture of the Mark of Cain. From the very brief glance I got at Archie's wound, it looks similar to that. Okay, interesting. Well, I'm sure anyone watching Riverdale at least kind of knows about Supernatural. So hopefully that's not too boring for people. Similar similar realms, you know. Anyway, so I, for all I know, it's the same thing and there's going to be a crossover episode. Woo. I can't wait to see Dean and Sam. <laughs> I can't wait. They're going to be so much taller than everyone else in this show. It's going to be great. Well, and I just can't wait for there to be people that I don't feel weird about being attracted to. <laughs> well, how old are how old are those actors? I mean, I'm Jared pretty Padalecki sure they're like 40. <laughs> like they're too old. Yeah. Let's see. Jared Padalecki is 36. Not bad. Jensen Ackles is 40, though. So, you know. Well, it's fine because Jensen... Was definitely who I was talking about because Jared is disgusting to me. I'm sorry. Were you not a Dean fan in Gilmore Girls? No, I absolutely was not a Dean fan. I think Dean is the worst. <laughs> is that not super confusing that he plays Dean and then he doesn't play Dean? It is so incredibly confusing to be like, oh yeah, that's Dean from Gilmore Girls. And then you're like, oh, but his brother is Dean. 
and Supernatural. Yeah. It's too much. I have seen, I think, four or five episodes of Supernatural, and I found it to be too scary. So I, I, I own it. I need to get back to it. I have it on DVD. One day I will watch some more. But the, look, the first couple episodes were scary. There's, There's like, the one with um, Bloody Mary is like this, yeah, one, one of one the scariest scary. things I've ever seen in my life. I guarantee no yeah. other episode of Supernatural is as scary as that Bloody Mary episode. Okay, good. Because that's like episode three or something. Really- I watched it. And immediately I had to, like, get up and go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. And I had to pass about four different mirrors to go to the bathroom. It was terrifying. Is it more scary since your name is Mary? Yes, it is. It is more scary. (laughs) (sighs) I don't know. Mary is just a creepy name. Like, it honestly is. I feel like, I feel like demons and, like, ghosts and stuff. That's all. They're always named Mary. Churches really like it, too, though. Like Catholic, yeah. Catholics must love you. Catholics must love me. <sighs> anyway, so yeah, Archie gets branded, and, and, and go back and watch that scene because it looks like he's getting branded on the leg, like where he's wearing pants. So I was just thinking, man, that's gonna get infected because they're going through the pants, and it seems really unnecessary. Like that is what that is what it looks like. It does not look like he's getting branded on on the um, the ribs or wherever he got it. I had to look away because I saw the like hot brand and I saw that he was just walking forward with no hesitation and uh it was going the brand was going in and I was like I'm out. I cannot watch this. Give me Bloody Mary over a branding any day. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. After some of our discussions about other CW-related things, it it, it hit a little too close to home, personally. (laughs) Yeah, I also had that thought. Uh, It's a little troubling. Uh, I also, so he got branded on, like, his hip. And I know I'm jumping ahead, but when he has his conjugal visit, (laughs) how does Veronica not see... The brand okay. until the end of the episode. I was so confused. She was like, what's on your hip? And I'm like, didn't y'all just have sex? Like, Sure. Let's just go ahead and talk about that because it's part of part of the plot line right now anyway. Yeah. The, the Archie Veronica visit is, it's so complicated in so many ways because first off, it seems so easy for her to get to him. I don't know how it wouldn't have been easy to just smuggle him out somehow. I mean, if they're clearly not that protected, he's just, like, in a locker room or something, and no one walks in on them, and they only have 20 minutes, which seems like plenty of time. They could have also caught up. Yeah, they didn't need that much time. Also, it's just kind of weird for the show being like, yeah, look, we got a lot going on. We should probably be talking. I want to tell you about this fight club that I'm in, and, like, maybe let's plan an actual escape. But instead, they're like, no, 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 we can't wait. We're teenagers. Well, and also... Veronica just rips off her wig. And I'm like, if you have Thank to... Thank goodness. I did not need that on. Like, if you need to make a quick escape, though, how like, there's no way she was able to put that wig back on properly. Why wasn't she wearing a wig cap? Like... Yeah, there's no way that her hair was just down Like, how is her hair that perfect wig? when she pulls the wig? She just threw it off and her hair was just flowing. I would have. I would have loved... For Archie to be like, no, 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 we only have 20 minutes. I don't want to talk. And then he'd be like, hey, but can you put that wig back on, though? I'd have, like, she, like, I goes to rip it off, and he's like, no, leave it on. It's like reverse dark Betty. Ugh. Put the blonde wig on. Every time I see Veronica in that blonde wig, I think, go back to Party City where you belong. Goodbye. So Archie has his, his final meal, uh, which... I would have been like, look, if this is going to be my final meal, can I not eat with you, Warden? Can I get, like, a TV in here or okay, something? But also, if it's going to be... The company. If it's going to be his final meal, why didn't he get to decide what the meal would be? Like, what if Archie doesn't want his final meal to be, like, a steak, potatoes, and asparagus? What if he wants his final meal to be a milkshake from Pops? He definitely does want it to be a milkshake and a cheeseburger from Pops. Like, 100%. No question asked. That's what he wants. That's what he asked for when he won that first fight. We also get this whole segment with the warden becoming a movie villain who's telling his whole plan. And he's just happy to answer any question that Archie has for him. And he tells him about how Hiram paid each of the three friends of Cassidy. 
and how they lied about, you know, saying that they saw Archie shoot him. So I feel like that is really key in this episode because it's it's definitely going to come up at some point. You know, Archie knows what evidence he needs to find now in order to clear his name. Yeah, and the warden is just so relishing the fact that he can say your life was only worth $30,000. Which, like, do they even have real money in Riverdale? Like, Archie probably thinks that's a lot of money. Um, and then <laughs> it would help his family it would certainly help his family and then I don't are we like are we supposed to take from that that Archie is so persuasive that he convinced the warden to tell him his plan or are we supposed to just believe that the warden just wanted to tell his evil plan I think the warden I don't think he's like the mastermind I think the warden is you know a puppet for someone higher up so I think the warden is does have a soft spot for Archie, whatever that may be, mm-hmm. and is was just sort of, like, knew that Archie probably wasn't going to win or didn't think he was, and so thought that it would be fine to, you know, might as well tell him. Not, like, anything he could do about it at this point. He also lets slip some really weird something about, like, oh, they're hiding in the woods, but I would definitely be hiding in the abandoned mines yes. down by Shadow okay, Lake. okay, actually, so that... I'm not going to release, I'm not going to say any spoilers or anything, but The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina is a Sabrina, like, comic in the, like, Archie kind of universe, like, more in the dark Riverdale side, and a big plot point of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina is that there's the local mines. Ooh, so maybe that's where we're getting our crossover. It could be where we end up getting a crossover episode. As far as I know, there are no plans for a Sabrina crossover, but the shows are both made by the same person, and the entire cast of Sabrina is, like, super into Riverdale. So I think that that could be where a crossover comes in with that. Well, I would be semi-down for it. I would feel like I would also then need to watch all of Sabrina in order to really understand it but well okay but you actually have to watch all of Sabrina anyways that's not optional viewing could be could have worse uses of my time definitely you yeah you definitely could only have worse because that is the best possible use of any time that you could have you must watch Chilling Adventures of Sabrina So that right there, pretty much that conversation with the warden pretty much wraps up everything Archie did in the first half of this episode. And now let's see, Veronica's stuff? I don't know. I mean, her and her dad are fighting as usual. He wants her to go on a run with him. And she's like, yeah, no, you're a horrible person. So just more of that. Yeah, that storyline is so bored and so tired and I'm just over it. I would like it to end. I really did appreciate the end of the episode when Hermione comes out and is like, look, y'all two, you're obsessed with Archie and you're going to be the death of us. Totally right. Yeah, I love it. She's like, you're both obsessed with Archie. Yeah, so she's she's the only one correct in this scenario. And then uh, back at the speakeasy, surprise, Elio is back. Uh, Who remembers Elio? Not very many of us, I'm guessing. Um... Okay, here's the thing. I recognized Elio. I was like, I know I've seen this person before, but then when she said Elio, I was like, wait, who's Elio? (laughs) Yeah, Elio, random son of some mobster who she, she was like getting propositioned by a bunch of mobster sons last season i think it was season two and she she liked elio's idea of making a casino and then her dad was like sorry you can't have a casino because you're a kid and she got all mad and bought the speakeasy so or pops whatever yeah imagine that you can't have a casino i'm pretty sure that is 100 percent exactly what happened last season exactly how i said it no flaws in any of that summary. I mean, whatsoever. honestly, it probably makes more sense than what actually happened. I, I can't wait for us to go back and watch Old Riverdale. <laughs> yeah. that I'm really looking forward to that because they're... Also, the episodes just seem to make so much more sense back then. Now they're all jumbled together and have like 18,000 plots. It's too uh, much. It's much yeah. too much. So Elio and Monica Posh... Uh, they go to the decommissioned rec center, which we find out is what the pool is. So I not a school. I was so glad. I was so glad to learn that they there wasn't just like a random pool in the prison itself. But like, <laughs> yeah. if they're transporting these fighters 
seemingly every single day, you would think it would be significantly easier to break out than what happened. I'm They're probably handcuffed, but yeah, that whole... Maybe there's underground tunnels connecting to the jail. I don't know. I don't know how the transportation is working. Well, I mean, I'm assuming they're tied up with thick ropes, and so they just have to find, like, a protruding nail or something, and they could free themselves. Well, it's also confusing because I assume this rec center is in in or very close to Riverdale, but I don't think Leopold and Loeb is supposed to be in Riverdale because when he escapes on the news, they say, you know, we think he's going to his hometown of Riverdale, which makes it sound like it's the jail itself is not there. Yeah, and I just kind of assumed from that that they were listening to maybe, like, Chicago radio or something. Like, maybe Riverdale doesn't have its own radio station because it's a little... Right, because Riverdale is, is right next to Chicago, confirmed. Well, yeah, we. F- I'm sorry, that's confirmed for me. And also, <laughs> um, Riverdale has confirmed, like, 20 residents, so... Yeah, exactly. They all need to lock their doors because of evil Archie. If they have 20 residents, residents, I'm sure they all know Archie and aren't actually scared of him. It seemed like most people were not on board with him going to prison in the first place. I mean, that courthouse was packed, and I don't know if they were for or against Archie. You need to go back and freeze frame and count how many people were on either side. That's how it no, works, right? No, it's not like a wedding. It's It should work that way. It would make it so much easier. <laughs> That's my favorite that you come in. There's someone with like a basket of um, favors and they say, are you here for the defense or the prosecution? <laughs> well, I'm just liking this idea that people just routinely show up and for fun to attend these things. No, it's a big thing. Like people love true crime and especially like a murder case, like murderinos have existed forever so i told i totally believe that the courthouse would be packed i'm right i'm gonna go back and i'm going to look and there's gonna be a screenshot and there's gonna be a little sign that says friends and family of archie andrews this side wait you think they need individual signs for every case it's not even just prosecution and defense no, it's definitely personalized. It's on a chalkboard. It's beautiful. It's set up near the aisle. Did Cheryl Blossom get them engraved? I'm sure she did. I don't think she was back. I think she was still out riding bikes with the Tony the, or the unicycle, of course. Right? Yeah, you're, you're right. I forgot they were on a unicycle. Oh my gosh. Okay, so uh, where was I? Elio and Monica Posh. Oh yeah, I forgot because this was boring. Yeah, they we go. Don't care they about watch it. the fight. Uh, Monica Posh is not mad enough about this fight going on. Wait, is that when they have the conjugal visit? So where is Elio during all this? He's just like, yeah, oh, sure, I'll wait. Is he waiting outside the bathroom door being like, you've got 20 <laughs> minutes because my dignity will not allow me to wait any longer? I mean, I'm assuming he's the one who snuck them in, so, and, like, arranged all that. I, okay, great, whatever. Um, <laughs> I was getting mad about how breaking him out doesn't solve him not being a criminal, but mm-hmm. that's... At least we've got a little bit of wiggle room with that now. And uh, then at the end, when she's like, hey, we need to plan your breakout, he says, oh, my next fight is coming up fast. That's not specific enough for this plan. I need, like, a date and a time. You know, how are they supposed to do this whole thing? I, I, I just like to think that they've been planning this whole, you know, excursion and they go there every single day. Over the next, like, mm-hmm. couple weeks until they find out which day Archie's there. Well, and the other thing, too, is so these little mobsters have no problem getting in on this illegal teenage fight club. Um, So I guess, like, there has to be, like, a schedule of fights somewhere. Like, people surely have their favorites. <clears throat> it's posted on the, the, the weekly newsletter email for the mob yeah the mob they definitely have they go on to uh they say things like here's where to get your cheap pearls here's where to buy your poutine i'm just picturing here's the fight club info for the week i'm picturing someone smoking like a big thick cigar logging into mailchimp and sending out a newsletter for the entire mob yeah, they let out a doodle poll so that everyone can sign up for their times, like, what's yeah. most convenient for them. We know you love to see Archie fight, so when are the most people available for the next fight? All right, we're adding this to the canon. We're adding this, living in Chicago, 
And uh, anything else we decide to come up with? I mean, I think that at this point, we have shown that we have a keen understanding of the Riverdale universe, and anything we say goes. Exactly. (laughs) I'm down with it. I think that this is just a Riverdale fan fiction podcast now. You know what? Wasn't it always? (laughs) That's a really good point. (laughs) Hey, guess who's also in this episode? It's Betty. Yeah, that's right. Although most of Betty's plot is, I'm going to tell Josie, Kevin, and Reggie some stuff, and then we're just going to let them figure out what their whole deal is on their own. Yeah. I don't know. She, Betty does this thing where she goes around and tells everyone, hey, look, it's really important that we need to stop playing G&G and we need to stop everyone, but I'm not going to tell you why. Why not? Just tell them. Just tell them someone died. And it probably was one of their parents who meant to kill them, maybe. And, uh, yeah, that was it. But it's like she didn't give all the information. She just gave a little bit, but then hoped that they would follow her. No, she's... Betty is not a charismatic leader. And the other thing is, if someone dying was enough to get people to quit playing G&G, they would have quit after Benjamin and Dilton. Like... Yeah, but nobody cares about them. How could everybody cares about Benjamin Button? I refuse. Also, is Ethel dead? Like, what's with Ethel? Is she just still in the hospital? Do we know? Do we care? I assume that Ethel is in a psych ward. Uh, let's hope. Because she let's tried she's to help. kill herself. So, at the very... Well, I know that you go into observation for at least three days at that point. Yeah, well, Dilton also tried to kill himself, and that observation was not working too well. Well, I think with Dilton, they didn't realize maybe that it was intentional at the time. They just knew it was a maybe. suspicious death. Which, like, I don't know. You can never take that stuff too seriously. But I have a feeling that Ethel was put under, like, the 72-hour mental health watch and then was still absolutely out of her mind at the end of three days and she's in some sort of psych ward let's hope that she stays out of the rest of this plot until the end and then she wakes up and everything's better and what if she understands what if she's at like the sisters of quiet mercy because they were like you know what she's not okay let's send her there don't don't think that into existence oh my god they already filmed it so if it happened it happened (laughs) so josie kevin and reggie are like really suspicious of Betty and they they don't really believe what she's saying, which I get it because she's not giving them all the info. But at the same time, Betty's literally been right about everything for the last two seasons. Riverdale is literally a town full of creepy killer parents and hot dads. So I, I think she has a point here. Well, and it felt like they were more shocked about like Kevin's dad and Josie's mom than they were about anything else when it's like... Apparently in this episode, apparently we've known they were together for a while. Like, they've known that their parents were together for a while. Where's Kevin's mom? I thought Kevin's mom was deployed. Yeah, we have not figured out yet, like, if Kevin's dad or Kevin has informed his mom. And that's that's really the crux of it for me. Like, just someone tell his mom and then, then we can move on. Because I'm okay. I'm okay with the Sierra and... Tom. Tommy? I think that was his name. It was not Tim, like you said last time. I'm pretty sure it was Tom. (laughs) I'm going to keep trying to make Tim happen until Yeah, Tim's not going to (laughs) happen. But Sierra and Tom, I'm fine with them. I like them as a thing. Her husband was not a great guy. Where did he go? That's okay. They're divorced. Where'd he go? On tour with his jazz band. He's probably in Chicago. I hear they have a great jazz scene. Look, I still I still can't figure out if he is in a jazz band or if he's just a jazz enthusiast who, like, travels around and listens to jazz. Like, we didn't really get clarification on that. I know that his name is Miles, and I'm 99% sure he's probably named after Miles Davis. Yeah, I was, so. I was, yeah. We don't have a lot of information on these characters' backstories, and it is a problem. No, yeah. So uh, Betty, uh, she she wants to help break Archie out of prison, and she tells him that she's uh, going to take his bike. Okay, and he's like, "Cool, I can use this as the worthy cause for my quest." And uh, she's like, "Cool." I was actually really hoping that he would have showed her the paper he had written and been like, "Look, oh my gosh, right here I wrote, and we break Archie out of prison." Um, 
and it would have been like all mythical and she would have been like, oh my gosh, G&G is for real. But that didn't really happen exactly, um, so. I was hoping that he would be like, yes, exactly the stakes that we needed in this and then would take that opportunity to take G&G real life um, rather than just sitting in a circle and like rolling and stuff. It would have been a little bit more fun if the serpents had been more hands-on in this plan. Like, I feel like they could have used some more hands to help with this plan. They are just an allegory. That's it. Nothing more. Okay, let's get to the escape, because nothing else in this episode was that interesting. <laughs> There's a few more scenes with Kevin and Josie, and I'm not trying to skip over them, but they were literally just sitting around talking, and and that's it. And then Veronica basically enters and is like, hey, guys. We need to help Archie because my boyfriend is more important than all the rest of your lives. Yeah, she so, literally walks in and she's like, I don't care what you're doing. We've got more important stuff to deal with. Yeah. So Archie gets stabbed right before yeah, his... So Joaquin finally got to use his shiv, which I'm sure he was really excited about. Yeah, it would have been great if he said something like, see, you should have just taken the shiv in the first place. Oh. stabbed a ghoulie or whatever. Remember when ghoulies were a thing? Wow. What happened to them? I mean, I feel like last time we thought what happened to the ghoulies, they ended up all being in juvenile detention centers. So they're just still there. <laughs> they're still none in of them prison. are good enough to be fighters. Yeah, none of them are tough enough to be fighters. They're helping the warden with his illegal jingle jangle practice. I, who cares? But I thought it was a really nice full circle moment for Joaquin to finally get to use his ship. So Joaquin stabs him and then I guess escapes? Like, did Joaquin, I guess, he had a ran deal? Out. He had some kind of deal where he could stab him and leave? Because I'm thinking, Joaquin, just take Archie with you. <laughs> like, why didn't you both just escape however you got out? Well, and it's it's like, what, did he have to, like, show the bloody knife in order to leave? Like, and it was in that moment when Joaquin stabs Archie, it, he gets the crazy G&G eyes, which we haven't seen from him yet. And it's like, have they been playing? Like, have the prisoner, like, are the ghoulies playing G&G? Is it ghoulies and gargoyles? I don't know. <laughs> ghoulies and gargoyles. <laughs> I think uh, yeah yep i think that is confirmed ghoulies and gargoyles is a thing <laughs> they kicked archie they took his shoes they kicked him out of the music room and then they've been using that to play the game and they roped joaquin in there we go we figured it out world's greatest detectives it's gonna be on the deleted scenes trust me we're better detectives than batman <laughs> <laughs> we're better detectives than betty who's supposed to be this great wow. detective I mean, all okay. that he does is solve murders, so that's really impressive for us. Yes. So, The Great Escape, named after the movie The Great Escape, <laughs> I'm guessing, which is 19, 1963. And 1963 is one of those years I've noticed that whenever you talk about real famous movies, everything's made in 1963. I don't know what it is. 1963, 1973. I, real, do you have a real list of movies, movies from 1963? No, but I just feel like every time I look up, like, a, an older movie, I'm like, oh, 1963, of course. I don't think that's real. <laughs> I think you made it's that just, up. It's just a coincidence. <laughs> but that movie, which I've seen in the film class, uh, is a bunch of prisoners are escaping from a German prison camp during World War II. So, basically, just another allegory for this episode we love allegories um it could also be the great escape is not a uh, a boys like girls song it, that's uh you know you're right it's not it's not the movie about the prison escape it's the song the great escape every episode has been a detective mystery reference but this one is just a 2005 pop punk song reference yep you're right it's fine you're right you're right confirmed confirmed <laughs> so uh, so, uh, yeah. Kevin and Josie and Reggie make a distraction, which appears to be smoke bombs. Yeah, okay, can we, cans. we need to talk about this. So, she's like, we need to make something, and so you see these cans, and I feel like there's so much buildup to what's in the cans. I thought they were gonna be bombs. I was really like hoping grenades. something would explode. I, I'm not yeah, gonna lie, I was on the same page. Yeah, and then it's so anticlimactic. But, okay, so, they made these smoke bombs out of you know, aluminum cans where when they pop the tab, the smoke starts coming out. 
how the hell did they make them? How did they get like they made aluminum you know, cans? They, like I don't they, understand. No, they just probably dumped out a bunch of soda and then, you know, we saw that little montage of them like dumping dry ice and stuff and lighting a candle or something. <laughs> it's probably very similar to making jingle jangle. Yeah, the well, science no. was there. Kate, Reggie was there. He knows how to do it. Does Kate? No. So I don't think Reggie made jingle jangle. I think he just dealt here's it. Here's the situation. How did they get it in the cans and then have the cans not be open? It doesn't add up. Like, well, how do they? How do they do that in the real world when you make? Soda? Well, like they have like a whole factory that makes the cans. Are you telling me that they have a cannery? I'm sure that there's a subplot where Reggie's father has a soda-making factory and we just cut that out for time. No, it, this is one plot hole that I'm not willing to overlook because I was like, wait a second. How? We have to overlook it. I'm sorry. No, we have to. <laughs> I, like I have no answer to be this you. entire podcast is me just losing it over something that is completely meaningless and you saying, no, we have to overlook it. Let's spend 10 more minutes on how on earth Veronica put her hair in that wig, okay? You want to do that again? Honestly, I would love to. I would love to. Let's go back. (laughs) No, we're not. We're moving on to the escape. They made the cans. They snuck them in. The end. All right, so Reggie and Veronica show up to the pool, and they try to use the password that Elio used, but guess what? Contra is not the password anymore, because they change it every time. Of course they do. Why didn't you just ask Elio for the new password? I don't know. Because they're real criminals, so obviously they change it. Side note, Reggie was hot in this episode. (laughs) Well, we've got to get as much, like, poor Reggie, he's not going to be able to have as many scenes with Camila Mendez anymore now that Archie's back in the picture, probably. No, but they, like, he opened up that car door, and I was like, who is that? Who is that? They're a really cute couple. I they are, and I honestly feel like they have better chemistry than she does with Archie. Yeah, well, it's kind of hard to have chemistry with Archie. So, <laughs> Monica Norton, we've just gotten rid of Posh altogether. She also recognized that it was a dumb name. No, and she, she switched. She only no, changed know, it because I, it's the warden's last name. I know, I know, but I like my theory better. I just think it'd be really funny if she had been like, she had just gotten rid of the name Monica and had just picked a whole new name. Like, what is her obsession with Monica? Look, let's 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 be honest. It's not her coming up with something to do with the warden. It's because Deadeye Cheryl rolls for intimidation and wins. And so right. then, <laughs> then Veronica magically knows what to say. Um, then Fangs slash Pantera slash Kevin, it's very confusing, brings the refreshments into the pool. He's entering the lion's den to face the resurrected hellhound slash mad dog. You know what? I approve of that. That's a pretty good, pretty good uh, comparison, yeah. I guess. No, very apt. And where the hell has mad dog been? I don't know. Where is he at the end of this episode? We didn't even I'm see like a blood certain spot. Like he's, he's actually going to be dead at the end of this. They're no, mad. me too. But he just disappeared to come back and die again. That's real sad. Well, Not he was a resurrected hellhound. Hellhounds come back to drag the souls of the dead to hell. So I am assuming that Mad Dog is going to find whoever actually brought griffins and gargoyles to Riverdale and drag him to hell. And I'm on board. Or drag him down a drain. Am I right? It's the same thing. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> so Betty has her hair down and she's in serpent gear. I approve the serpent gear. Don't approve the hair down. That's both more conspicuous and less convenient for running away. It's like, stop putting on all these high heel boots when you're doing these sneaking missions and put your hair up. Like, if I have to go and be fast and be sneaky, I'm going to have my hair in a very secure ponytail. Like, I'm going to have a couple of tight French braids, okay? Yes. Because um, that's cute, but also functional. You got you got to keep it cute. That reminded me of when um when she goes with Cheryl and they find like the Nancy Drew mystery book in season two and they're like let's put on our spy gear and Cheryl puts on a bright red trench coat. <laughs> it's like yes, the least conspicuous thing you own, a bright red trench coat. It's it's making her target so big that it's invisible oh it's the dr will strategy it's the dr will strategy (laughs) actually cheryl probably is the most like dr will 
Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. She actually really is. It's like everyone kind of loves her, but she's just mean to them all the time. And she's like, I hate all of you. <laughs> yeah, so she's going to win in the end. I'm all in. And she's going to get a giant thing of peanut butter. Um. Anyway, I watched Big Brother 2 recently. So. Who hasn't? There's some fun facts for you. <laughs> so, <laughs> Betty pulls something out of a car engine. At the time, I mean, this makes sense later, but at the time I'm like, whose car is this? Why do I care? But, okay, it was important. Um, Josie is a waitress. Uh, I like her white eyeliner. I don't know how she became a waitress. Like, how did how did her and Kevin just get in? And then, like, why does why does Veronica need to sneak in? Just or um, need to walk in normally? Why can't she just be a waitress and sneak in? These are really valid questions, and I'm gonna have to be the Mary of this situation, and we just have to <laughs> accept. <laughs> just have to accept it. Um, so I got it when Kevin was like, "I have to bring in this tray of drinks," and the guard was just kind of like, "Ugh." It's not even worth my... I don't want to carry drinks. I'm too important. And then he got to go in. But isn't Josie kind of conspicuous as the mayor's daughter to be popping in as a waitress? Like, shouldn't they... Ex-mayor. Ex-mayor. She's just a lawyer's daughter now. We've been through this. I'm going to call her Mayor McCoy forever as if she were a president. It's... This is at least the third time we've done this. But wouldn't she be at least fairly conspicuous? Also, that uh, fight club seemed to be largely white. So I feel like it would have been even more conspicuous for just like one woman of color to be rolling in. Like, I'm worried about Josie. She put herself in a lot of risk there. Here's what I'm more worried about. She's carrying around a tray of... Well, I at the time, I thought they were bombs, but they're not. So I was worried at the time. But still, she's carrying around a tray of smoke grenades. And what if someone just grabbed one off a tray? Like, generally, you don't <laughs> wait for the waitress to, like, ask. You just, like, walk up and you're like, oh, look, uh, mini crab cakes. And you grab one. So, well, and that's the other <laughs> thing, too. She's only serving um, Reggie, Veronica, and Kevin, who also doesn't work there and is not a welcome guest. So is she walking past all of the guards? Like, no, can't have that. Yeah, I guess. I guess. How did she not Uh. get fired or kicked out? Also, did she get paid for her time as a waitress? Yeah, I assume she she was compensated fairly. I hope so. You know? I mean, at least some tips, you know? Yeah, something like she probably got a couple tips. So... (laughs) They all take drinks, and Veronica's like, yeah, wait for my signal. And then uh, the the Bano protection spell over the barrier to the drain is a thing. You like how I'm just combining the uh, G&G with the- I mean, that's what the- that's what the episode did, so I'm all for it, and I just love that you wrote down what everything was called, because I was watching it happen, and this week, when I started watching Riverdale, I thought- is this the week when I start really paying attention and writing notes? And then I thought, no, Mary's got this. Uh, so Joaquin runs by and he's like, yeah, sorry, I joined a different gang. Um, you should leave, Kevin. It's going to be real dangerous. First off, it didn't seem to become real dangerous. So that was And he's like, yeah, Archie's not going to make it. He's gone. Kevin's like, what? Joaquin's like, yeah, got I a mean, room. like, Joaquin, you're really, really overestimating your stabbing skills. Like, we know you're not that good of a fighter because you were beat up so much last episode. He's better or, when he has a shiv, it turns out. You know, sure. <laughs> Just as I predicted. Mad Dog is like, hey, Archie, I tried. I tried to, to get in the grate before, but that didn't work. I love how they... They gloss over that so much. Like, oh, yeah, my shoulders don't fit. I've tried. And it's like, then how come they didn't make it easier to lock the grate so no one could try again? Better question. Why did they not check to make sure the grate wasn't unlocked before this escape happened? I, I have no answers. Also, how did Betty get it unlocked magically? I'm assuming she pulled like a bobby pin out and was like, and it was good to go. Sure. Like we say, our new motto, just move past it. (laughs) So 
Veronica comes face to face with her dad in the pool area. Um, sorry. The, uh, and then she impales the dragon with the concealed dagger, a.k.a. She stomps jabs on his, his instep. Yeah, with, with her heel. I so wish that great. she had gone for the full sing from Miss Congeniality, you know? I oh, wanted yeah. that full solar plexus instep. Nose, groin. Maybe don't hit your dad in the groin. I mean, he's pretty evil. Yeah, he probably so. de- If anyone deserves it, and probably him. Probably. <laughs> We're a hot so, mess. Archie comes out. There's the little smoke grenade thing. He escapes. Yeah, no, no surprises there. Uh, the paladin, right? That's what Archie is. Yes, He's the red paladin. Archie is the red paladin. I played a game called Paladins once. I feel like paladin is like a pretty common role in a lot of these games. But it wasn't an option to be the paladin. Like you could be the dead shot, but you can't be the paladin. Why couldn't Archie have chosen to be the arcane invoker? Should have with his red it's hair. It's way cooler. Yeah, but he's not. He's just a paladin. So he escaped from the dungeon, but he's not free of the Mad Emperor yet because guards are coming after them. And uh, and the serpents are like, keep going, keep going, keep going. Um, and Betty and Kevin are on a motorcycle. And uh, surprise, it's not Archie, it's Kevin. Um, oh my god. Yep, I don't know where Kevin got all the serpent dragons from, but I guess he's also a serpent now. Okay. Everyone is a serpent. Welcome to Riverdale, season three, episode five. Everyone's a serpent. Um, yeah. I and just... Then, uh, I don't know. And then Archie's, uh, he's, he's in a car, and then look, they're all at the, uh, they're all at the place. Archie gets, like, unceremoniously dropped down into the bunker, by the way. Though, like, yeah. That's a pretty big fall. I mean, that's, like, six, seven feet at least. It's definitely deep underground. So a few things. I really <laughs> like how they completed the mission successfully with, like, Jughead's guidance. And then they're like, okay, what now? And Jughead's like, uh... I thought we'd have the answer by now, and we don't. And then all of a sudden, you just hear the clanging, and Archie just, like, literally falls from the sky. And Jughead's like, yep, I planned it. Uh, He's like, I, I knew it. it. I knew it's just, like, real life. And so, look, I get it that they're in this game. But, and I'm not sure in terms of Jughead what he did or did not think was actually happening in real life mm-hmm. or whatever. But as far as I can tell, these other serpents and Cheryl and all them, they did not know this was happening in real life. And they should be more surprised than anyone to find out, hey, remember that whole game we were playing? It lined up perfectly with real life. Well, and of all of them, Cheryl should be so pissed off that she wasn't invited because she could have gone with her bow and arrow and like done some kind of damage control or defense or something. Cheryl loves to put on a red trench coat and be in... The middle of things. Or sorry, I guess her archery cape would be preferred there. I think she would have just stood out too much, you know? Everyone needed to blend in. No, she stands out so much that she doesn't stand out at all. Mm, yeah. God. Kind of like all of Veronica's clothes, like the big, like, polka dot skirt thing she was wearing this episode. It's a little bit, a little bit showy. That was the most plain thing she owns, probably. Yeah, probably. So, uh, Tony patches Archie up. Yeah. Okay. So she's a doctor. Yep, she just has that skill, so that's great. And uh, Archie's like, yeah, Joaquin stabbed me. And then Kevin looks off into the distance. So I'm mm-hmm. hoping we'll get some more Joaquin action next episode. Sure, sure, we'll see some of that. I mean, eventually. honestly, I would be totally fine if Joaquin just kept running and we didn't see him again. Because I'm annoyed with him. And I don't want to see him on my screens. <laughs> they say that the only people who know about the bunker are the people in that room. Uh, Yeah, pretty sure Ethel knows. And uh, possibly Evelyn. So maybe Ethel's dead. I don't know. Yeah. And the whole time I'm just thinking, man, Archie has missed a lot. (laughs) Archie is going to be so confused. Um, And then I also, like, Archie's going to go real crazy locked in that bunker. Like, how soon is it before he goes outside when he shouldn't be going outside? Next episode. (laughs) It's got to be, like, first 30 seconds of the episode. Archie's, like, climbing out of the bunker. I just really wanted him to be like, huh, it's weird. I mean, cool that you have this bunker down here, but like, hey, Jughead, why are all your clothes here? And why Betty, isn't here? that your stuff? Why is there a oh, Mad Dog's pinup poster on the wall? 
Yeah. Oh, look, there's a uh, Betty. This is your dark Betty wig. Why is that down here? That's kind of weird. Why do you have more rope than the warden? Why do you? Why do you have all these canisters of cyanide? I don't know. He's just so confused. All right. Well, they'll oh, figure God. that out. They'll explain to him. Man, remember Evelyn? Remember the Evernevers? Because I don't. I was gonna say Evernevers. I don't know her. It's been it's been like a solid three episodes since we've seen her. And do we miss so. them? No. Exactly. That, I'm sure they're endgame. Because just based on the pace at this episode, mm-hmm. I think the whole Archie being a criminal and the Griffins and Gargoyles thing, I think that's that's first half of the season stuff. I think we're going to wrap all this up pretty soon. I think that the Evernevers are... The people who created Griffins and Gargoyles, and that they're oh, really? the big evil. That's my. See, I, I my think they're not plot. related at all. I think they're not related. I think that that uh, based on the end of this episode, where where uh, the the warden killed himself, mm-hmm. I think that he was working for someone. Uh, Hiram is an option, but I think the only reason Hiram's not really an option is because he was a kid who was playing the game the first time. So I don't so think he's that the he common would, like, thread, created the game. So maybe well, he is yeah. the bad guy both times. That's possible. He could be the bad guy both times, but I I think that there's like a bigger person who's I don't know been running this whole thing. I just don't know who it is. Edgar, I don't know if it's someone we've ever met never. Yet. Yeah, we need to see him because I don't know how old he is. I feel like it needs to be like an old person. But. I, j- I don't know. It's going to be Nana Rose. Just wait. I swear to God, Mary, if it's Nana Rose, I <laughs> I can't. Yeah, that's going to be good times. Uh, I can't help but notice that Cheryl was not told to go investigate her mom. Everyone else was told to go talk to their parents, but not her. Um, I'm pretty so. sure they know that that's a bad idea and also betty probably was like how do i bring up to cheryl that her mom was adopted to be a sister and then wife to her father but i mean she's a pretty big suspect because she was one of the game masters from last time Ugh. you know i don't know what happened to cheryl's mom is she still just out being a sex worker I think so. We haven't we haven't heard any more of that, but you know, a lot of unanswered questions where the parents are concerned. Like, uh, hey, remember how no one has a job still? Hey, at least Penelope has work. Yeah, I'm not letting this go until all my Riverdale dads are back at work, in careers, and then I'll be happy. And Alice, for that matter. Like, what's Alice doing? I am. Um- I have no idea what Alice is doing, but we just need all those river daddies to be employed. <laughs> so, unfortunately for this episode, we didn't have any new characters. We didn't have any close but no cigar. Oh, no. We didn't really have any questions. We don't have anything in fan fiction corner. <laughs> oh no, all our segments are gone. Except I created a new segment. Ooh. And so we're going to talk about that one. I want to give an award each episode to who is just the most normal person in Riverdale who's not being sucked in by any craziness, mm-hmm. who's like, they come out of the blue, spitting the truth, and I want to give it to Hermione Lodge this week. I think her coming out with like, y'all, I am a mayor here, and you're doing all this illegal stuff, you're sneaking people out of jail, you're having fight clubs, you know, I, I think I think she gets it for this one. I think that that is a... A good one for that. I think we can get on board with Hermione Lodge uh, spilling that true tea. If if there was anyone else around. Maybe Tom. Tom and uh, um, Mayor McCoy. They can have, they can be the most normal person when they, when I have evidence that they have informed his wife of their relationship. You know what? It's a fair point. Yeah, there's still BTC creative. So apparently, uh, we had talked about, not in exactly this context, but apparently we had praised Fred Andrews for episode 3.3, which I believe was the first Fight Club episode. So I'm not sure. I I seem to remember him basically being like... He was like, I want to see my son. Yeah, and that was pretty much it. So I think that that was pretty good. So we need to retroactively give awards for the first, second, and fourth episodes. First episode... That's tricky. Um, the only people who acted remotely normal 
were probably Mary Andrews, maybe Sierra McCoy. I don't know who else you got there who who uh, I I don't want to give it to any of the kids because they were all no, doing crazy things. The kids were all and- being ridiculous. Um, I think in episode one, it's probably the judge who's like, "Hey, you're not gonna listen to your lawyer or your mom." That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> so we don't know their name, but sure, the judge, Mr. Judge, and and feel free. I would like everyone. Um, I'm I'm feeling pretty solid on Hermione Lodge for this episode, but everyone, please, uh, tweet at us and let me know if you have any really compelling arguments for the first, second, or fourth episode. I will take that into consideration. Um, the second episode is the one where we got a lot of Archie in prison, uh, prior to the Fight Club stuff, but. So I'm not sure who we've got there that's really... I think Reggie's a good candidate there. Because he just, he visits his friend in prison. He wasn't directly responsible for the super flashy sneakers. <laughs> but he did deliver them. So I mean, that. well, he had to carry them for Veronica. Um, It could be Veronica because she, like, visited her... Her boyfriend. No, she visited too many times for it to be a no, normal person. No, that's a good point. Um, she, she neglected way too much oh, going on Oh, you know school. who it could... Kate, here's who it could be in episode two. I think this was episode two. Could it be Polly because she rats out her sister to her mom to get her in trouble? The most normal thing a sister could do. I think that was episode one. So... She could be in contention for episode one. I don't even know. Did Polly just leave? Like, we Polly's no on the company. farm. I don't know. I don't know. Let's see. It's not anyone from the farm. It's definitely not Evelyn because she ordered too many pizzas. It's definitely not Ben or Dilton. Um, yeah. Man, uh, it's not Joaquin because he wanted them to ship someone. Honestly, though, that's pretty normal for prison. So maybe it is Joaquin. True. Maybe it is Joaquin. Or actually, you know what? Maybe it's the Ghoulies as a group. They maintained yeah. their gang violence, like the gang lines. They didn't do anything out of character. I agree. They took some shoes. They told him they were going to take his shoes, and then they took his shoes. And then they were happy to play football. So you're you're right. I think it's definitely them. Um. Okay. And then episode, the last week with the flashback episode. Um... I, w- I really wanted to give it to young Tom, but then he ended up playing the game as well. Was there anyone who didn't play the game? Or was it just was it just Hermione Lodge again for being like, y'all, is it, stop playing this game? Is it Alice for not taking drugs? That's possible. That's uh, possible. And like wanting to call the police when someone died? Yeah. Out, of, out of the kids, she definitely was most sane. Is it... Um, Hermione Lodge for having a game lad? Uh, Normally, yes, except she was also the one who's like, why aren't we doing Fizzle Rocks? So That's a good point. Yeah. I don't know. So it, you're right. It might be It might be Alice. She might be young Alice. She skipped the drugs. She was yeah. having a teen pregnancy at the time, but, I mean, that happens, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, props to her. So maybe, maybe it's young Alice. Okay. Let's go with okay, that for okay. now. Okay. So, uh, yeah, it looks like we're wrapping up this whole G plot relatively fast. I don't really see how much more we're going to get. Maybe a, maybe a few more episodes I could see it going, you know, until until mid-season finale or so. I like how you say we're wrapping it up fast, but this is the uh, fifth episode with an element of Griffins and Gargoyles. And it feels like it has taken forever. Five out of 22, though, is not as many. Is this going to be 22 <laughs> episodes? Where are they going? <laughs> what's, that's what I'm saying. What's that's the why plan? I think the farm stuff. That's why I think the farm stuff is completely separate. It's just like a little seed they dropped in, and we're gonna come back to that way later, uh, the second half of the season. Oh so the God. other thing I thought about was, um, in addition to the warden telling Archie about the Cassidy murder stuff, uh, the other benefit we have right now, and uh, something that I think Archie is going to be able to use in terms of like why I escaped Mm -hmm. was he was going to die if he stayed there. Like he was stabbed and he was in a fight club. So he definitely has some leeway here. Yeah. He got attacked and he got, you know, looped into an illegal fight club. So he probably has a leg to stand on. I guess. Good thing he was not actually branded on his leg because then. Well, then he'd have a lot of like prison overall in his skin. So that's bad. 
I also need someone to send me a screenshot of what his brand actually looks like so I can compare it to the Mark of Cain and see if it was as similar as I thought Mark it was. Mark of Cain in Supernatural is just like a big like V. It looks like a bird's mouth on like the inside of someone. Yeah, but it's got like two little lines on it too. It's weird. It's like similar. It is weird. And the plot point that it comes with is also weird. And past the point that anyone should still be watching Supernatural. Oh, tell us if you're a Supernatural stan as Please, well. Please, tell us if you prefer Sam or Dean or Castiel. Well, I'm pretty sure that is it for this week. So thank you for joining us on this messy, messy episode. But you know what? It was a messy episode of the show as well. And if, you know, it's winter time, And so, I, I look, I realize that it's only November, but we live in the northern area. I mean, I get, I know that you don't live like North Canada, but like... Anything in Canada counts as north, okay? There is a reason why the vast majority of Canadians live within like 100 miles of the U.S. border, and I live north of that, so right, it's fine. Right. So I picture it like in Game of Thrones, where pretty much the border between uh, United States and Canada is like the wall, and then it's just snow on the other side. So you live like far north. <laughs> it's not quite that bad but i am a wilding yes that is correct okay (laughs) great great you and cheryl so thank you for joining us we'll be back for next week's episode uh next week's recap of episode six uh until then you can follow us online i'm at frail mary and kirsten is at kirsten said what and uh is it said what or says what it said what you got it right said what okay look i need to stop you're like you're the reverse taryn you get it right on the first try (laughs) yeah i get it right on the first try here and uh you can you can check us out you can also check us out um if you just want to talk about the podcast in general kowski cast is on twitter that's cow with a k just like the name of our podcast just like my last name in case you haven't put that together, that's why. What? I'm sorry. I this is brand new information. <laughs> I don't know if we've actually ever mentioned it. We probably mentioned it in the first episode. I'm not sure. Um, have a nice weekend, everyone. <laughs> okay, bye, guys. Bye. <laughs> I need to actually look at my intro. Okay. (laughs) I was way down in the Jughead notes.